Section fifty seven of Essays, Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Essays, Book One by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton of age i cannot allow of the way in which we settle for ourselves the duration of our life i see that the sages contract it very much in comparison of the common opinion what said the younger cato to those who would stay his hand from killing himself am i now of an age to be reproached that i go out of the world too soon and yet he was but eight-and-forty years old he thought that to be a mature and advanced age considering how few arrive unto it and such as soothing their thoughts with i know not what course of nature promised themselves some years beyond it could they be privileged from the infinite number of accidents to which we are by a natural subjection exposed they might have some reason so to do what an idle conceit is it to expect to die of a decay of strength which is the effect of extremest age and to propose to ourselves no shorter lease of life than that considering it is a kind of death of all others the most rare and very seldom seen we call that only a natural death as if it were contrary to nature to see a man break his neck with a fall be drowned in shipwreck be snatched away with a pleurisy or the plague and as if our ordinary condition did not expose us to these inconveniences let us no longer flatter ourselves with these fine words we ought rather peradventure to call that natural which is general common and universal to die of old age is a death rare extraordinary and singular and therefore so much less natural than the others tis the last and extremest sort of dying and the more remote the less to be hoped for it is indeed the bourne beyond which we are not to pass and which the law of nature has set as a limit not to be exceeded but it is withal a privilege she is rarely seen to give us to last till then tis a lease she only signs by particular favour and it may be to one only in the space of two or three ages and then with a pass to boot to carry him through all the traverses and difficulties she has strewed in the way of this long career and therefore my opinion is that when once forty years we should consider it as an age to which very few arrive for seeing that men do not usually proceed so far it is a sign that we are pretty well advanced and since we have exceeded the ordinary bounds which is the just measure of life we ought not to expect to go much further 
having escaped so many precipices of death whereinto we have seen so many other men fall we should acknowledge that so extraordinary a fortune as that which has hitherto rescued us from those eminent perils and kept us alive beyond the ordinary term of living is not like to continue long tis a fault in our very laws to maintain this error these say that a man is not capable of managing his own estate till he be five-and-twenty years old whereas he will have much ado to manage his life so long augustus cut off five years from the ancient roman standard and declared that thirty years old was sufficient for a judge servius tullius superseded the knights of above seven-and-forty years of age from the fatigues of war augustus dismissed them at forty-five though methinks it seems a little unreasonable that men should be sent to the fireside till five-and-fifty or sixty years of age i should be of opinion that our vocation and employment should be as far as possible extended for the public good i find the fault on the other side that they do not employ us early enough this emperor was arbiter of the whole world at nineteen and yet would have a man to be thirty before he could be fit to determine a dispute about a gutter for my part i believe our souls are adult at twenty as much as they are ever like to be and as capable then as ever a soul that has not by that time given evident earnest of its force and virtue will never after come to proof the natural qualities and virtues produce what they have of vigorous and fine within that term or never si l'épine non pique qu'en est à peine que pique jamais if the thorn does not prick at its birth twill hardly ever prick at all as they say in dauphine of all the great human actions i ever heard or read of of what sort soever i have observed both in former ages and our own more were performed before the age of thirty than after and this oft-times in the very lives of the same men may i not confidently instance in those of hannibal and his great rival scipio the better half of their lives they lived upon the glory they had acquired in their youth great men after tis true in comparison of others but by no means in comparison of themselves as to my own particular i do certainly believe that since that age both my understanding and my constitution have rather decayed than improved and retired rather than advanced tis possible that with those who make the best use of their time knowledge and experience may increase with their years but vivacity promptitude steadiness and other pieces of us of much greater importance and much more essentially our own languish and decay ubi iam validis quasato est viribus aevi corpus et obtusis cecidere viribus artus 
claudicat ingenium delirat linguaque mensque when once the body is shaken by the violence of time blood and vigour ebbing away the judgment halts the tongue and the mind dote lucretius book three line four hundred and fifty two sometimes the body first submits to age sometimes the mind and i have seen enough who have got a weakness in their brains before either in their legs or stomach and by how much the more it is a disease of no great pain to the sufferer and of obscure symptoms so much greater is the danger for this reason it is that i complain of our laws not that they keep us too long to our work but that they set us to work too late for the frailty of life considered and to how many ordinary and natural rocks it is exposed one ought not to give up so large a portion of it to childhood idleness and apprenticeship editorial note which cotton thus renders birth though noble ought not to share so large a vacancy and so tedious a course of education florio sixteen thirteen makes the passage read as follows methinks that considering the weakness of our life and seeing the infinite number of ordinary rocks and natural dangers it is subject unto we should not as soon as we come into the world allot so large a share thereof unto unprofitable wantonness in youth ill-breeding idleness and slow-learning prenticeage End of section 57 Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey End of Essays, Book 1 by Michel de Montaigne Translated by Charles Cotton